0: you could be anywhere listening to anything but you're right here with us so we thank you with you today is yours truly b cox and with me i have the crew with my boy jo here in the place to be joining me here on the vault classic music reviews always good to chop it up with Jay over the classic so as we are here today we uh want to of course take everybody to wish everyone a very safe and Happy holiday season just past Thanksgiving. Hope you all had a good Thanksgiving. And as we head into the various holidays of this winter season, want to make sure that y'all are being safe and also staying healthy here that you're able to see a very good and safe 2021 want to give a shout out to all the fans out there lots and lots of great feedback the numbers have been astronomical this past week and i want to thank you all for a i'm president of 2020 despite all the challenges and appreciate y'all for bringing the vault into your homes and your cars and your headphones and your earbuds and everything else we thank y'all, man, for continuing to support us and continue to get the word out there because we want to go good, big places in 2021. Like Dom always says on Raw Sex, we want to make sure that we can take this further on the platforms and into avenues that allow us to do bigger and better things. So thank you all once again. As we always say here on The Vault, our motto is hashtag open the vault, hashtag nothing but the classics or MBTC. And yet we have another one here today, Jay. So and... As we go into our last, and this is the last full album review that we have for 2020 on the Vault Classic Music Reviews, we're going to go back to 1990. And we're going to go back to 30 years ago on December 4th, 1990 to the debut studio album for Brand Nubian out of New Rochelle, One for All. Many people knew them or know them as a hip-hop trio, but at their beginnings, Brand Nubian was a quartet, and they were made up of Pooba, at that time known as Derek X, and now is known as Sadat X, Lord Jamar, and the fourth member of Brand Nubian was their DJ, DJ Alamo, and also DJ Sincere. So the particulars on One for All is again released December fourth, nineteen ninety. Recorded between nineteen eighty nine and nineteen ninety, a runtime of about seventy one minutes and thirty four seconds on Electra Records. The executive producer on here, Dante Ross. Also, the other producers on here were brand newbie in themselves. Dave Jam Hall, Skeff Anselm, and also the simulated stimulated dummies, or what they called back then, SD fifties. So they were the ones who produced on this album and much of the production on here was done by brand new themselves for a lot of hip hop groups back then were not commonplace unless you had a DJ that particularly did the production themselves. So that was impressive just with what they had. So here it is. We are Jay 1990 30 years ago brand new being one for all uh, many of us from our generation sort of know brand new particularly by the most popular single on this album, which is slow down. Um, and also majority of our, our of our generation, especially the ones who were hip hop heads, definitely know about Grand Poobah because we knew him mostly as a solo artist. At least that's how I was introduced to Grand Poobah was as a solo artist and when he came out with his solo debut in nineteen ninety five. Brand new being here they are, they fell right into that little niche of groups that started and in, in or around the late eighties into the early nineties. And contrary to popular belief, the brand new was not a member of the native tongues, though. They sort of fit into that same little niche, right? Like people would think that they would be a part. They were not a member of the native tongues, but they definitely were close with a lot of the groups, including black sheep and tribe called quest. And also with De La Soul. And as a matter of fact, you hear them shout them out on here on one of the tracks called dedication, but 30 years ago, Jay, Now, (laughs) it's funny that this album has come up on our schedule because of many of the things that we talked about last year, which our first uh, variants into the vault when we started doing this last year. And I just came across something on my Facebook memories where you said that you would actually pay for there to be a video recording. This is when we were all recording. (laughs) right in person that you would pay to have a video recording actually done when we reviewed this album that this time this year, (laughs) because you couldn't wait to hear what I had to say in particular, because of what I, how I felt of a particular person in brand Nubian who was then known as their X (laughs) and is now known as the dot X. And you know what? I'm going to start this off by saying one thing about that. I actually I actually owe good brother Sadat a bit of an apology.
1: Hmm.
0: And I'll say that because of this. Again, mostly starting to get into the culture, and I mentioned this on my last episode when I said I really became a huge, huge hip-hop head around 94, 95. I didn't really know much about Sadat X until I saw or heard him first on the first debut album he came out with, which was Wild Cowboys, before okay. anything I'd heard anything of Brand Nubian. And then when I really started to hear him, I heard him when Brand Nubian came back out in 1998. But then really, when I started hearing him on these different projects between 98 and 99, I was left and impressed with what he had to say because I couldn't stand his voice. I couldn't <laughs> stand his flow, anything like that. And I really wasn't a big fan of Sadat X. Not at all. You could tell that. I mean, shoot, we were, <laughs> I trash this dude. But after listening to a lot of things here on this album, I'll have to say, That is not a complete wash with me and with him and I. And after listening to some of this stuff on here and I used to always sit and wonder like, yo, why do people give this dude Sadat X so many props? How did they give him so much, so much props? And then I started listening to this and I started seeing why people started giving him props. So here was my problem when it came to stuff with Sadat X. It's just inconsistency. Right. And I understand Mm -hmm. that that's part of his allure. It being uh, unconventional, like the style being very varied but when he got on his game and he really kind of just stuck and got into a niche where it's like, I was like, yo, this dude, this dude is cool, man. This dude, I hate. like, you know what I'm saying? Even on the borderline, I've been like, yo, this dude is nice. And there were some times I was listening to this album. Where I was like, yo, this dude is nice. It was just that when he started to go off the rails, I was just like, I just wanted to be like. Yo, that what you were doing before. Like what I liked what just continue to do that. Continue to flow that way. <laughs> continue to flow that way. That's you're perfectly fine doing that. No need to switch it up. But, you know, so I do after I do a woman a bit of an apology. And I did in doing my research on this, pulled up a few freestyles with him and a couple of freestyles he kicked and they were actually legitimate freestyles. They weren't pre-written stuff that he was bringing to the no. He's from the old school. One of the things I have to give them props for is that they used to bring when they said freestyle was literally off the top of the dome. And I had to give them props for that. But yeah, so Jay said he wanted to have, he would pay to be able to video record this and see my reactions (laughs) when listening to it. So I have to start off my apologies to brother Derek, AKA Sit.x, and my judging of what your greatness was before your solo career, which I didn't appreciate as much. Yeah, so uh, there it is. I got it out there in the open. We've dealt with that. Now we'll get into the review of the album. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so, Jay, man, this was something before, right, really young, young in our times. And so I'll be honest to say that I, don't, I didn't even hear this album in full, probably not until I would say a couple of years ago. And um, I'm wondering if it was the same with you, but I kind of wanted to get your thoughts basically on what you thought about it, listening to it you know, what you thought about it, listening to it, and, uh, you know, the sound and everything else and what you thought about listening to Brand New being really at their beginning.
2: Yeah, so, like, I mean, 1990, I mean, I was, like, so a little kid. I think I was, like, nine years old. I mean, so, I, I mean, this wasn't going to be on something I'm, like, on my list to, um, to go rushing by at a store or whatever, like, whether it's, like, Sam Goody or The Wiz or things like the, back during the Waxy Maxi days. Waxy suits, Maxis. So like, um, <laughs> Mill, like, all those, but, like... yeah. You know, yeah, so I, I heard the joint slow down back in the day, but it was nothing like that really motivated motivated me to go out and get the album. But then, you know, I listened to it like recently, and I won't say I had to mentally prepare myself. I had to just keep in mind, like you know, this debuted in nineteen ninety, so it was probably recorded like late eighties, mm-hmm. late 80, 88, 89, up to ninety. So I had to be mindful of the production. So like you know, it just like to really take myself back to that time frame with the joints. I did remember, but like I was really feeling the messages in there. I mean even as, like, a little kid, like, you know what I'm saying, because, like, I was privileged, like, you know what I'm saying, have a mother, like, to really, like, put me on, like, black history and, like, black pride and things like that. So, I mean, I was really feeling, like, the stuff they were saying, at least as at least as far as, like, my young mind could, like, really comprehend from mm-hmm. the things I did here. But then, yeah, like, listening to it now, I mean, especially with everything that's going on, like, not even just, like, everything crazy with 2020, but just in recent years, you know, things which have always been going on but have been more televised due to, like, you know, Social media, camera phones, all that stuff. Like, it's definitely still the need for that message now, which is kind of like brilliant and sad at the same time. Like, you know, we still doing the same nonsense like thirty years later. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean. Like, so I mean, all all around, like, I mean, solid project. But yeah, it's just what came to mind. Like, you know, especially hearing like all the lyrics and then. I also want to say the whole thing like you know because like specifically with, with Lord Jamar I mean because most people know him now like you know from Vlad TV interviews and like you know his podcast and everything like that I mean. Yeah. You know he was on the front lines as far as like being an MC back then too so. He was To really yeah. go back and hear him in his prime you know what I'm saying It was like okay like like I said I really couldn't appreciate it back then but like now I mean like you know I am saying, I was like yeah I can rock with this.
0: Yeah I and mean, the thing people don't understand is like these, these they were young man back then like Lord Jamar I think at that point was I think maybe 21 or 22 years old. Like, same right. thing with Sadadak, same thing with Grand They were maybe a little bit, a couple of years, like a year here, though, uh, either in front or behind each other. They were young listening to this uh the one thing that i didn't know about brand new being until probably when i was in high school is that they were all five all members of the five percent nation or the nation of the gods and earths as they say and you could definitely tell that by listening to the lyrics here like it's referenced frequently throughout here there's not really so many different groups that are out there where you see that everybody in the group is a member of the nations of the gods and earths like i mean you got members of wu-tang who are members of it of course um like I know famously like Raekwon, a um, couple of the rappers that are sort of out there. You've heard it referenced with some members of X-Clan and things like that. And it's sort of like the same, like brand new being sort of like contemporaries with X-Clan and also with Public Enemy who was sort of like, if I had to put them in another grouping other than like the native tongues, I had to put them right there with like X-Clan and Public Enemy due to the messaging. And it's a lot of the same messaging that you hear and one for all. Uh, one thing I'll just, just sort of go into the content of the album messaging of course you hear is in there um you hear a lot of good things about when it comes to black empowerment um in particular on one song on concerto and x minor you hear sadat x talking about the murder of Youssef hawkins which is something a lot of people know about there's a lot of talk of course when it talks about things that are going on in the community about you know the um drugs and everything else and of course government conspiracies and things like that you know of course things when it comes to disenfranchisement of black people so you got to give props to all of them like that but then also it's sort of mixed in with some regular themes i mean one of the big things you talk about like well i like to call grand poobah is that He's the master of hitting skins because, like, yo, how many times did he mention, like, this? And also in other different records you've heard from Grand Poobah that he's always talking about getting skins. You know what I'm saying? So, (laughs) (laughs) And uh, that's one sort of the appeal that you get with Grand Poobah. He'll get you some knowledge, but he's also – like I've read in uh, a couple of different retrospective listening as far as what the 30th anniversary for this album is that it's very understated, you know, almost like, you know, conversational, very smooth. Like when we were doing uh, the main ingredient with CL Smooth and Pete Rock last year, I sort of com- uh, compared his style almost similar to the way like the CL Smooth CL Smooth's style was, you know, like very conversational, understated, but very cool, calm and collected and everything almost sort of like he was having a conversation with you. You sort of pair that up with Lord Jamar's energy and also his ability to be able to go from fast beats to slow beats and be able to flow. Then you bring it of course to dot X who gives you a very unique perspective and, as I said, when I listened to this, I was actually pleasantly surprised by a lot of the things that I heard because I was just always sort of thinking that everything that I would heard from them had always been very kind of offbeat, unorthodox flow that to me I really couldn't get with. But then I heard a lot of it here and it was like, OK, this is this is cool. I definitely could get with a lot of the things that he was saying. I wasn't turned off on some of it. It was just to me is a little bit too inconsistent at time. Like sometimes it's like, "Yo, I wish he would rap like this all the time, <laughs> you know, because he's actually pretty dope. And the things he is singing is definitely dope. It was just the voice and his flow I couldn't get with, you know, so, um, <laughs> but definitely had his contributions on here. Like I said, the production on here, the fact that they did a lot of the producing and they did production on here along with the Stimulated Dummies, a.k.a. SD50s, I was impressed by a lot of it. It, to me, I don't want to say was sort of minimalist, but there were a lot of samples on here. James Brown was featured prominently on this album in samples. I mean, just the some of the songs that were done all for one by James Brown, Camon, Funky President. Also, uh, Funky President was actually sampled twice. Then you also had samples from Biz Marquis, from Cannonball Adderley, from Big Daddy Kane. The famous one on Slow Down by What Am I by Eddie Brinkle and the New Bohemians. And also... Cool, here comes the fuzz by cooling the gang, though that um NT by cooling the gang where those horns came from and slow down. Sil Johnson cameo. I mean, so there's a lot of different sources they pulled here to be able to get samples, everything from break beats to horns to pianos to everything else. So I gotta give them props for being able to pull for artists themselves to be able to sit back and to produce a record like this. Like I said, sometimes minimalist in its approach, but another thing as well is being able to pull some songs, do a remix of it of ones in particular, wake up and have that remix sound completely different than the song that they did here did in the beginning. So um, I like the beats um, considering the time, you know what it is. You're going to kind of get the style of music that you're going to get, but uh, I like the message. Um, I think to me, the album kind of started a little slow, In the beginning, uh, from tracks one to three, I would say I was sort of kind of still trying to figure out where where there was going. But then from that point on, from tracks four all the way on up until about, I say, track 11, things picked up. And then the last few tracks, things definitely closed out on a strong note. So um, I have to definitely give them props and having them all together and being able to know what they're doing, stuff that they're doing now. They're still together as a group. And as you say. Lord Jamar now is very prominent, especially with his podcast and the controversy stuff that he said about Eminem over the last few years. Um, And it's also crazy that I heard Lord Jamar also shouting out African Bambata on this when all that stuff came out about African Bambata and the allegations that came out that Lord Jamar was one of the first people that stood up and said like, yo, we need to hold my man account for this, you know? So it's crazy how things can change over a number of different years as things start to come out. So, to me, I think it was a nice little mix of uh, being able to get stuff out, consciousness, 5% stuff, everything else. And then also being able to hear songs like Ragtime and also like Slow Down and, and also Step to the Rear and, you know, be able to hear those type of songs, you know. So it was cool. And it and to me, I think they're an important part to fit into that portion of hip hop. Because to me, I think this is like the end of like the first part of the golden era where things start to go into transition as you went to a transition in the 91 and 92 before and 93, it's sort of like you started that next dawn of the golden era of hip hop, you know? So. Right, right. Yeah. Cause like, the, yeah, cause at first I me like
2: 1988 and then, I mean, I guess this has been like, like the, the dust from not, not to say that to put down brand new, but like kind of like the dust from that 88, yeah, you know, that timeframe cause like, you know, it was like a lot of prominent artists and like. Hip hop had really come up around that time, like you know, like um, Mm -hmm. with a number of artists, and then plus on top of it being from like New Rochelle, I don't think anybody was really expecting anything to come out, yeah, outside the five boroughs, with the exception of like Long Island at that time. So like you didn't hear about like Mount Vernon or Yonkers or something like that. So yeah, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? That just like took everybody by surprise because I I didn't know anything about New Rochelle either. Being be honest with you, so yeah,
0: definitely, yeah, and but um, and Grand Pooba had been in the industry before he actually came together with. Brand Nubian, he was actually already out there and had put an album out with another group, um as a matter of fact, Grand Puba, he used to go by the name Grand Puba Maxwell. He was with a group called Master of Ceremonies and they came out with the album called Dynamic in 1988. But, you know, they weren't successful commercially, so then he became the lead MC of Brand Nubian. And he sort of carved out a very nice career for himself and Absolutely. uh as I mentioned when I in 1995 when I sort of knew Puba was one because he started came out with his, uh, not his debut album, but his second album, 2000, which came out in 1995. He had a few um, singles out. And the one that I remember in particular was the one is Grand Pooba, I like it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. So. Um, you say New York City. I remember that joint.
2: Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes, sir, man. So, yeah. But there, the, but there we are when it comes to uh, to one for all, what we thought about it. So now we're going to get into highlights and any lowlights that you may have. So, Jay, what were your highlights when listening to the album?
2: Kind of glad you got that out there at the beginning as far as, like, you know, um, with Brother Derek X. Because I was feeling concerted with X minor
0: yeah um you know yeah
2: what I'm saying? and and, and, and uh, basically to touch on that like you know how you were speaking earlier about like you know his flow changed from what it was like here and then it's like what it was like mid late 90s or yeah. i guess onward like you know it's, it definitely seemed more it just like more fast paced i guess you could say more tolerable as far as his voice so mm-hmm. yeah. But, yeah i mean along with that like the lyrics i mean everything he was talking about in that song and then drop the bomb i really was feeling because like i'm mm. gonna drop the bomb of came drop the bomb of racism and yeah pretty much things that are holding black people back which yeah i'm always for that message absolutely um, uh try to do me uh, yeah try to do me just for the fact i like the, how they flipped that new jack swing type sound mm, okay i really wasn't expecting that so yeah. uh yeah ragtime, and also I say along with that um wake up mm. yeah those are obviously those are my highlights um let me see. Low lights, low lights, low lights. I don't want to see it's a low light, but I would I wouldn't put it on the same level as the rest. I might be like, "Who can get busy like this man?" Yeah, I believe it was.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could
2: have done without that
0: one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I feel you. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what you mean. I was not feel that too much. Nah.
2: But um, I'm trying to think anything else. No, I guess that's, I guess it's about li- with my um, list stands, but, um, yes, yeah, that's you know what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, I hear you. So definitely I have to get with you there. Um, with well, my highlights, definitely. I loved Ragtime because I love that sample by the Gap Band, Tommy's Groove. And I liked uh, To The Right, which um, that actually was the second song that sampled Funky President. Um, the, the solo track by Dance To My Ministry by Lord Jamal. I thought that was actually a pretty cool track to be able to hear him you know, by himself, and everybody has like a solo track on here. I gotta get you to you like to drop the bomb, man. Love that track and the message on the track as well. As I mentioned about step to the rear, um, slow down. But um, to me, the track that I like the most though is two in the back half of the album is "Wake Up," reprising the sunshine, which is where they took the sample from. Everybody loves the Slide, the sunshine by Roy Ayers. And then also The Another Mm -hmm. Day by Ray Goodman and Brown. So to me, and it's different from the wake up that appears on track number eight on, which was done by Stimulated Dummies. Hearing that same track on that different beat, though, to me also kind of puts the track almost in a different light. It's almost like you hear the lyrics differently when you hear it on this beat. And Mm -hmm. just like, I mean, who... Who doesn't love that? Everybody loves the Sunshine Sample. Like, how many times right. has that sample been flipped in hip-hop or in R&B and it not been fired? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, so. right exactly. <laughs> and you just didn't
2: get tired of it. Yeah,
0: and you didn't get tired of hearing that sample. The dedication, I thought, was real cool because that talked about a lot of the contemporaries who they gave props to. So I got to give um, a lot of props to them doing that. Um, I, as far as low lights are concerned, I got to... <laughs> I'm not really feeling like I said, who can get busy like this man. I don't know whether it was the you know, like the Jafakin sort of like the fake <laughs> reggae like hook they were trying to do. It was like, yo, I like y'all close enough to like like the city, right? Y'all could have got somebody to come on here, like an actual like aspiring reggae artists, even if y'all didn't want to go and get somebody that might have cost some coins. Y'all could have got somebody that could have mm. did that for you,
2: you know? like I, I was actually thinking the term of <laughs> Jaf- I didn't know. I was like, is he going to say it? Jafaking. Like faking, <laughs> Yes. Jeff in. absolutely. It like, yeah. was yeah, like, I mean, yo, come, come on. Like, like, yo, they could have just like took a train ride down to Brooklyn or something right. like that and <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> They could have went to Flatbush or to right. Brownsville or something and went and gotten them a real Jamaican, somebody who was an aspiring reggae artist to do this for them. That would have made it, gave it some authenticity. So I wasn't really feeling that, that too much. Another underrated track on here to me was one that you mentioned. Um, was Concerto and X minor, um, as you said. And then that feels so good, um, which was also now this is crazy. Like you how many hip hop tracks do you hear that sample Billy Joel? You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> this one they sampled Just the Way You Are by Billy Joel, which is wild. Yeah, I mean those are my my low lights um and highlights. Now to talk about some of the accolades that this had I did not know before we started researching this album for the vault that this was one of the few albums that initially got a five mic rating from the source, and uh, this got a five mic rating from the source, oh, which wow. is oh, which yeah. is which is crazy. Um, to think about some of the albums that passed during this time, that this was one of the track one of the albums that the source gave a five mic rating to. Uh, when it came to Ego Trip, then they had a list in 1999, the greatest albums by year. This was rated as the second. Biggest album or greatest album of 1990 Um, This is also listed as one of the sources 100 best rap albums When they did that anniversary issue in 1998 Where they had the 100 best rap albums And also the best singles and the best rap artists um, Slow Down was featured on the sources That source issue as well As one of the 100 best hip hop singles of all time um, and I got to say,
2: like, um, and I got to say, like, you know, for the younger viewers, uh, this is back when the source actually meant something. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. This, this is before. I'm just going to say it, this is before Benzino started giving himself the hip hop quotables. So right. Exactly. You know, like, eight page ads for his for his albums, which still did nothing. But right. I digress. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, you're right. And this is when they got that five mic rating. This is when the source was a still a very heavily respected publication. And they weren't given out five mic ratings to just anybody. And then not only that, you go to that 98 publication. This is when they had credibility. It was the last little bit of it left, but <laughs> this is when they still mm-hmm. had credibility left. So to be able to be recognized by the sources as one of the 100 best rap albums and then slow down as one of the best hip hop singles of all time is pretty big because um, as a matter of fact, The fact that Robert Christigal, Christigal, who was the Village Voice critic, who has done everything from Paul McCartney uh, to The Meters to LL Cool J to hip-hop, who was a very, very tough critic, particularly on hip-hop, gave this an A-minus rating, which surprised me in reading the rating that he gave for it and reading the review. Because when I've looked at a lot of the classic albums we've done on here, He's either giving them a failing grade or a bomb. <laughs> wow! So if you're if you are impressing Robert Christigal, then you've done something. You definitely have. That sounds like a very harsh critic. It does. And uh, another thing that to point out here as well, if you know this and I don't know if you know this is Jay as well. Mm-hmm. But when I listened to it and then also read Jesse Drucker's uh, anniversary retrospective on albumism, they do very good work and Jesse does great work on albumism doing these anniversary retrospectives is that the second half of the album purposely was mostly just a, a lot of solo joints by grand pooba it featured him prominently like all the way from track number nine down to track almost 16 except for slow down were almost almost him exclusively other than the fact that grand pooba and positive k which was the P- grand pooba positive and lg so they stated in that Article that that's one of the reasons because Brand Nubian did split up after this album as a quartet, and Lord Jamar and Sadat X became pretty much a duo for Brand Nubian and released two different albums underneath that banner. While Grand Puba went off and became a solo artist, is so the fact that he pretty much featured prominently in those last few tracks, him by himself without them on there, was a big point of contention, which you could imagine when you have a group like that. And that's the reason why groups. So many of them really can't stay together because sometimes there's some things they can't work out. And there's always some sort of point of contention. We've seen it. It's happened with almost uh, almost every major group that we've seen. They've broken up or stopped recording with each other for some particular time. The only group I think that it didn't really necessarily happen with was La. <laughs> that was it. Hmm. So, <laughs> so now we're going to get into the final verdict, get into the test of time, and we're going to see exactly what it is we think about it to see whether we think it's a certified classic borderline classic a classic just in its time or not a classic at all so jay i'll ask you after listening to it man and going through it uh what say you after listening to uh one for all
2: i'm gonna have to say probably say um classic for its time mm-hmm. yeah yeah because like i mean the messages rocked and everything like there but i think like you know the fact is i mean even with like the messages that were prominently in the album i still feel like the what takes away from it like being a classic because like you know it still sounds kind of dated you know what i mean like mm-hmm. yeah so that's that's what that's what really factored into my rating for it. but other than that i mean yeah dope album dope release don't get me wrong yeah definitely
0: i have to agree with you there it's a classic for its time and i say that because sort of like for the same reasons you did i could definitely see in 1990 if you were listening to this and if you were a hip-hop fan or a music fan when this came out how you could grab this and be like, "Yo, this is probably one of the dopest albums I've heard this year, if not the dopest albums of the last few years," and you grab onto it, and how you can sort of grab onto the the material and listen to the message and be like, "Yo, this is really groundbreaking." Breaking at that time, it was groundbreaking. But as you stated. It's a little bit different than some of the other albums that we've covered in 1990. I mean, from some of the albums that we've covered from this year, we've had Eric B. And Rakim's Let the Rhythm Hit Them. We've had Ice Cubes, America's Most Wanted. We've had Public Enemy's Fear of a Black Planet. We've had a couple other ones. I'm trying to think of LL Cool J. I'm a Not Mama Said Knock You Out, you know. It's it's a little bit different to me. The sound to me does sound a little bit dated, though. Um, yeah, man,
2: you're not gonna touch that Marley Marl production, by the way, yeah. as far as going to LL. So, oh no, no way. Yeah, that, that was a, that's an example, like you know how it could be. You know, yeah, dated the test of time. So. Yeah, it's
0: the test of time, exactly. So it does sound a little bit dated, but like you said, very dope album. I definitely see how it could be one of the standouts from this year, but I just have to say it's a classic in its time. And uh, for those who were outside at that particular time, as I like to say may feel a little bit differently. And I wouldn't argue with that point at all, but I would just have to say classic in its time, but definitely very dope record. Um, dope music, solid effort overall and something worth and dope to check out. There we are ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, brand new BN's one for all 30 years old. As of this week, So please go and check it out. Listen to it. You can get it anywhere where you can stream music and uh, go check it out. Listen to it. Take a listen to it and um, study up on it. Study up on some of the samples that were used and uh, just listen up to some of the messages that they say. Really just an awesome project and something that you can go back and look into the vault to get a peer into what things were back there in 1990. And that is going to wrap up yet another edition of the vault please make sure you check us out on our host on red circle you can also download stream and subscribe to the vault classic music reviews on any one of our streaming sources if you go to any of our social media channels you can pick us up by going to the link tree in our bio you can get to us on instagram on at vault cmr podcast on twitter at vault classic and on facebook and youtube you can search us the vault classic music reviews, podcasts, and make sure that you go like the Facebook page, subscribe to the YouTube channel, check us out, interact with us on social media. We love listening to you all and also hearing back and all the feedback that you give us. We do it here all for you. We appreciate the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend and make sure that that friend tells a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate because you were never destined or created to stay stationary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and follow us on Facebook at IV Creative and Instagram at IVECRE8.